He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Anybody glad to be sheltered in the arms of God? You may be seated for just a moment. I want to uh, quickly mind my manners. It is certainly an honor and a privilege to be behind this pulpit again. Always consider it so. I appreciate the invitation from host pastor Bishop Godair. I love and appreciate him so very much. Appreciate this, this man's firm stand for truth. A stand that he took many, many years ago. In fact, uh, a stand that he took before I was even thought of. And all these years later, he's still standing for truth. He hasn't changed, proving that you can start out right. You can finish right. And, uh, I appreciate this good elder so much. He has been a great friend uh, to me and my family. I do apologize that my family's not with me. Uh, as I'm sure you know, the recent events surrounding my dad's health uh, made it not possible for me to be here even on last night. I just arrived into Atlanta on Wednesday, driving straight through from California, pulling my trailer. Beth can definitely identify with that. That is a long haul. Uh, we made it and uh, made it safely. Thank God for that. Do want to thank you for your prayers for my father. Uh, his health was in, in, uh, in doubt, great risk here this past week. And, uh, we did not know what was going to happen. Uh, but just like with Peter, the Bible says, nevertheless, prayer was made. Prayer was made. I won't, I won't take too much time here, but I am thankful to report that he is at home and he is recovering. Thank God for that. Certainly, we still do covet your prayers. He has a road ahead of him, but God certainly has touched his body and uh, he is doing better. Thank you for your prayers. I don't know what I would do without the church. I don't understand how people in this world deal with all of life's problems and, and situations and storms like we sang about here this morning. If I didn't have a God that I could go to, cast all of my care on me, know that he cares for me. And I thank God for the church. Amen. The book of St. John chapter 15, beginning with verse number one. Again, thank you so much Bishop Godair for invitation to be here and uh, to minister the word of God. Give honor to all the ministry that is here and all the faithful saints of God. Uh, we have been in much prayer about this service. St. John chapter 15 verse number 1, a very familiar passage. Jesus said, I am the true vine and my father is the husbandman. Every branch in me that beareth not fruit, he taketh away. And every branch that beareth fruit, he purgeth it, that it may bring forth more fruit. 
Now ye are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you. Abide in me, and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. I am the vine, ye are the branches. He that abideth in me, and I in him, the same bringeth forth much fruit. For without me, ye can do nothing. If a man abide not in me, he is cast forth as a branch and is withered. And men, men gather them, cast them into the fire. They are burned. If ye abide in me and my words abide in you, ye shall ask what ye will and it shall be done unto you. Herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. So shall ye be my disciples. Amen. For just a, a short while here today, this first day service of East Coast Conference 2014, I want to talk to us, teach here uh, today from this thought, the key to the Christian life, the key to the Christian life. If you place your Bibles down and help me pray, Father, we love you. We thank you today for this gathering of believers who have come to worship you in spirit and in truth. I'm asking you to add a blessing to your already anointed word. Pray that you would anoint the lips of your servant to deliver your word to your people. Let the seed of the word of God fall upon good ground. In Jesus' name, God will be careful to give you all the glory. We'll give you all the praise. Clap your hands one more time. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. Praise God. God bless you. You may be seated. I want to say right from the start that I am going to uh, touch on some principles and some things that if you will pray about them, if you will of your own accord endeavor to study them out and uh, get a better understanding of them, these things, these principles, these Truths will greatly enhance your walk with God. And I will even take it a step further to say that if you don't at least get a rudimentary understanding of these things, that your Christian walk, uh, your living for God, will be a virtual roller coaster ride at best, Amen. and that you will run a high risk of missing the rapture, being lost from an apostolic church pew. Amen. Is, is everybody with me here this morning? I really feel strongly about the things that God has laid upon my heart to, to talk about today. We, we place a high, high premium in this church upon receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. And this is, this is rightly so. We are not of a group of people that call themselves Pentecostal that now want to make receiving the Holy Ghost uh, an option that it's it's an added blessing and if you get it it's great if you don't it's no big deal God knows your heart and, and you can still make it I'm sorry to to inform you uh, I'll take that back I'm not sorry at all Amen. it still takes the infilling of the Holy Ghost to be saved it's not up for negotiation it's not up for discussion Jesus said in the book of Acts, you know these verses. He said, you shall receive power after 
that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Amen. Jesus was clear. He was clear. In the book of St. John chapter 3, as he spoke to the religious uh, ruler, Nicodemus, he said, Except a man be born again of the water and of the Spirit, he cannot see, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Now, if Jesus said, except, if Jesus said it's not possible to get in unless you do these two things, I don't care what you know, I don't care who you know, I don't care what your, what your name is, how much money you have in the bank. If Jesus said you've got to be born again of the water and of the spirit, you must be in order to make heaven. Doesn't matter if it's popular or not. What matters is what the word of God says. You must be born again. We further believe that the initial evidence of the Holy Ghost is when a person begins to speak in other tongues as the Spirit gives them the utterance. Amen. Amen. We, we believe in making sure people receive the Holy Ghost evidence by speaking in tongues. We, uh, Lord have mercy, we, we don't count thumbs. We, we make sure that they speak in tongues. I'm going to be very, very careful and very nice here this morning, but as an evangelist, um, I don't know, I've been evangelizing eight years now full time, and you go different places and you see different things, and uh, I, I'm sorry to report that I've been places where, where people got caught up in the hype of the moment, and uh, they begin to tell people before they ever spoke in tongues, you got the Holy Ghost, you got the Holy Ghost, you got the Holy Ghost, and they would get up and tell the church, I don't know saying all of this. They would get up and tell the church we had 15 get the Holy Ghost today and not a one of them. Because I was there praying for them and I, I'm not the judge. I'm not the standard. I, I don't believe that unless I say they got it, they got it. I don't believe that at all. In fact, in fact I, I, I've seen different many times you're, you're praying for this one over here and somebody over here gets it. And thank God for that. But let me just, let me just say this while I'm on this subject. Let's be careful Lest we don't get caught up in the height uh, of the moment and, and, and wanting people to receive that we give out something that we can't supply. The Holy Ghost is supernatural. The Holy Ghost is dispensed by God. And we've got to be careful lest we act like we can give it out to people. Because when they get the Holy Ghost, they're going to have enough problems as it is. So if they, oh Lord, if they really don't have it, they're going to show up have some problems. I get a witness here. Oh, we believe that the Holy Ghost comes. The initial evidence is speaking in other tongues as the Spirit of God gives the utterance. It's supernatural. It's wonderful. It's beautiful. It's, it's amazing. It's spectacular. It's magnificent. I don't have enough of a vocabulary to articulate how wonderful the Holy Ghost is. It's the greatest thing this side of heaven. In fact, if you don't have the Holy Ghost here today, you can get it before you leave. It's not His will that any should perish. God is still pouring out his spirit. God is still filling people with the Holy Ghost. Amen. You may be seated. I'm supposed to be teaching this morning. Amen. Tell you what, it's hard not to get excited when you're talking about the Holy Ghost. 
And I've seen God fill people with the Holy Ghost that came to church and they were addicted to crack and cocaine. I've seen God fill people with the Holy Ghost coming off the streets of Atlanta. And, uh, and, and when they walk through the door in our own human way of thinking, you, you take one look and say, man, they're, they're definitely not going to last. And, and, and this is just too far gone. I've seen them end up at an altar somewhere and with their hands raised, tears streaming down their face, speaking in other tongues. And they're still in church today, still serving God today. Because the Holy Ghost comes with power. Holy Ghost brings victory. Amen. And so, so we believe in the essentiality of receiving the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Amen. I preach that, and by the grace of God, I will always preach that because it is scriptural. But let me let me hasten to say here this morning that after you receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, after Christ has come on the inside of you. Uh, through the power of his spirit. If we're not careful, we can uh, seek down into a place that we are living a defeated Christian life. Even with the Holy Ghost. Amen. As essential as the Holy Ghost is when an individual receives it, that does not mean that their ticket has been punched and that they're already walking on streets of gold. In fact, in fact, the Holy Ghost... It, the way I like to say it, the Holy Ghost is certainly essential to salvation. But really, what the Holy Ghost does is qualify you to make it to heaven. It does not guarantee that you're going to make it. But it qualifies you. I, I don't know a lot about, about NASCAR and racing and things of that nature. But from what I've been told, evidently they have a, what they call qualifying rounds where you have to post a certain time and all of these things and once you do that you're qualified for the race when you receive the Holy Ghost you, you, have, you haven't made it all the way he has not yet said well done but now you're qualified you're in the race the Holy Ghost takes you from the stands watching the race and puts you in the race now you gotta run now you gotta fight To live by faith. Amen. Amen. And, and, and I say this, you may be seen it. I say this because I received the Holy Ghost at a, at a young age of, of, seven, of seven years old. And, and I clearly remember when I got the Holy Ghost. Uh, it was at a, a family camp that the Jordan District was, was hosting. And uh, I got the Holy Ghost and I vividly remember when I went back to my home church and uh, it was going to be before I was baptized that night that somebody looked at me and it was altar call. They said, hey, you want to go to the front and pray? And, and I clearly remember thinking, go to the front and pray for what? I got the Holy Ghost at camp. There was a false sense of security. There was a, 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 a great big breath of relief. Whew, I got it. Done. Glad that's out the way. Let's move on to something else. And I actually remember, uh, folks, being a little bit perturbed that they asked me to go pray. 
That's a lot of work. I got the Holy Ghost already. I'm waiting to get baptized, and then my, I'm, I'm ready to go. Just leave me alone. And, and you know what? I, I, have, I have found out in my travels and dealing with people that so many saints of God have bought into that same mentality. They think that once they get the Holy Ghost, it's all said and done. They come back and forth to church, and they're like a parrot. They say, I got the Holy Ghost. I got the Holy Ghost. And they're as carnal as they can be. Threw a curveball in there, didn't they? All kinds of attitudes and bad spirits and holding grudges and full of bitterness and jealousy and won't submit to the man of God in your life. But, but you talk to him, I got the Holy Ghost, I got the Holy Ghost. Wait just a minute. Receiving the Holy Ghost is essential, but it is not the end all. It's not the be all. There's still something else that has to take place if you want to make heaven. You may ask the question, what do you mean? What do you mean, Brother Hood? We, we can uh, live a defeated Christian life and be unpleasing to God. Well, the scripture says in the book of Hebrews, chapter 11, verse number 6, without faith, it's impossible to please God. 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse number 7, the Bible says we walk by faith and not by sight. Hebrews 13 and 8 says the just, those that have been declared just, shall live by faith. And so, so this, this brings this to mind. We, we understand having faith for things. We understand, you know, I'm sick in my body and I need God to heal me. The word of God says that by his stripes we're healed. We have faith. We stand on the word of God and God comes through. He heals us and we give him praise for it because we had faith. We understand having faith. Lord, I need a job. I need, I need this. I need you to take care of that. And we go to God in prayer. We stand on his word and God, God meets our need because of our faith. We understand that. But can I tell you here today that the greatest test of faith is not the test of faith that you need to receive a blessing. It's not the test of faith that you need for God to, to touch you over here or touch you over there. But the greatest test of faith is, is that which is required for daily living. Also known as abiding in Christ. This is the greatest test of faith. And so when we're not having faith, again, the scripture says without faith, it is impossible to please God. When we're not having faith, whether we have the Holy Ghost or not, when we're not living by faith, when we're not walking by faith, we are living in a place and condition of being unpleasing to God. This word abide means to stay. It means to make a place of constant residence. It means to never leave. Abide. Jesus said, abide in me. And, and you know, when, when you think about faith, this was, this was the Apostle Paul's frustration with the church of, of Galatia. The book of Galatians chapter 3, verse number 1. He said, oh foolish Galatians, who hath bewitched you? Somebody's put a spell on you. Somebody has tricked you. He said that ye should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ hath been evidently set forth crucified among you. This only would I learn of you. Receive ye the spirit by the works of the law or by what you can do or by the hearing of faith. He said, are you so foolish? 
Having begun in the spirit, are ye now made perfect by the flesh? What he was dealing with, what he was, what he was fighting against was a mentality in them that said, hey, we, it, it took faith for us to hear the gospel. It took faith for us to hear the word and respond and repent and be baptized and, and receive the Holy Ghost. That took faith. But now that we're in the gospel, now that we're in the truth, we can be saved and we can live for God in our own strength and power. He said, you're foolish for believing that. It took faith to start, and it's going to take faith all the way through. It's not by works of righteousness which you have done. It's not in the keeping of the law. It's not in you obeying a bunch of rules. Having begun in the Spirit, now you want to be made perfect. You want to complete it. This word perfect means complete. You want to be complete in the flesh. Let the flesh finish it off. Did you know that it's possible to have the Holy Ghost? It's possible to be faithful to church and to still live and operate without faith. Because, because you hear the word of God preached. And, and, and uh, if you're blessed the way that I am, the church that you attend has a man of God that is mighty in the scriptures that can preach the word. And you can hear things preached and in your own strength and power say, man, I got to do that. I got to do that. And you step out and you try to obey God in your own strength. You try to do what God wants you to do in your own power without faith. And it causes you frustration because you meet with failure every single time. Because there's not a person alive, not a person in this building that can obey this Bible in your own strength. I don't care how much you try. Your intentions can be good. You can use your willpower. I, I want to be careful. I've even heard some preachers say, use your will. The Apostle Paul tried that. In the book of Romans chapter 7, he said, for to will is present with me. But how to perform that which is good? He said, I can't find it. For the good that I would, he said, I, I do not. But the evil which I would not, that I do. He even began to talk about a law of sin that was working in his members. That when he heard the word of God, when he saw what God was requiring of him, he said, I got to do this. And each time he stepped out to do it, he was, he was operating in his own strength. And it caused him to meet with failure every time. But then, this is his experience in Romans chapter 7. But then in Romans chapter 8, he understands and he learns the, the way of faith. He understands the, the position of abiding in Christ and trusting God. And, and, and he overcomes this place. In fact, if we're not careful, we can live our Christian life in the book of Romans chapter 7. Because Paul is a regenerate man. He has the Holy Ghost. I've heard people say that this was his experience before the Holy Ghost. I beg to differ because he makes the statement in verse 22. I delight in the law of God after the inward man. You tell me one sinner that delights in the law of God after the inward man. He was trying to please God. He, was, he wasn't trying to sneak around and do something wrong. He wasn't trying to sneak out and, and, and deceive people and be underhanded. He was trying his best to live with God and to please God. And he was frustrated because he kept leading with failure. But when he understood the way of faith, when he, when he understood, when he understood that, that he couldn't do it, that he had to trust God to do it in him, Close the chapter by saying, I thank God through Jesus Christ. Yeah. Through 
Jesus Christ. Because up until this point, he was doing his best to please God, but he was operating from the wrong source. He wasn't operating from Christ. He was operating, although his intentions were good, he was operating from that other fellow. Anybody care to hazard a guess as to what that other fellow's name is? Adam. 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 That Adamic nature that is in all of us. In fact, when you receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost, again, I'm, I, I want to drive this home. Your ticket hadn't been punched for heaven. What, what, what occurred there is that God supplied you with the second option. Before you get the Holy Ghost, all you have is Adam. So no, no matter what you do, it's sin. Because of the source, are you with me? The source that it comes from. You're living from Adam. When you receive the Holy Ghost, you bring Christ on board. automatically by default that you're going to live through Christ. You and I every single day have to make a conscious choice and decision. Who am I going to live from? Who's going to be my source? Who am I going to draw from? Is it Adam? Because he's still there. Or is it Christ? And the scripture is, is very clear when it tells us, amen, that as in Adam all die. 1 Corinthians chapter 15 verse 22. As in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. If you want everlasting life, if you want to live a, a fulfilling Christian life, we've got to learn how to, by faith, Amen. abide in Christ. Amen. Allow Christ to be our source. Can you say praise the Lord? There is a major difference. In fact, there is an eternal difference between having really good high morals and righteousness. I know people that don't have the Holy Ghost. They don't know God. They don't claim to know God. But they have a high standard of living. They have high morals. People that wouldn't dare consider stealing from you. People that, that don't even use foul language. People that are just good moral people that you like to have for, for a neighbor. You don't have to worry about them. You make a good neighbor. Yeah. Not going to steal your lawnmower. <laughs> just a good neighbor. But there's a difference in having high morals and righteousness. The difference is this. We produce high morals. Christ is the only one that can produce righteousness. This is the point I want to make clear to us here today. And I've already, I've already uh, underlined the fact that the Holy Ghost is essential to salvation. It is. But if we're not careful, we can receive the Holy Ghost... Speak in tongues, that initial evidence, and then live a life that has got high morals and feel like because of that, we're going to heaven. And we say, I don't do this, I don't do that, 
oh man, we don't do this, oh we don't go over there, oh I wouldn't dare wear that, and man, those people over there, they're letting down, and I'll tell you what, we don't do this, and we name all the things that we don't do, our high standard of living, which we should do. But just because we have those things does not ensure that we're going to be saved. What ensures our salvation is if we are living by faith and independence upon Jesus Christ. I hope you understand what I'm saying. There's anybody here that doubts whether or not I believe in high morals and standards. There are quite a few preachers here that, that know me and certainly know my father. And uh, I, I can assure you that we don't have a problem in that department. But we have just learned something that I believe would help us all to realize. That just because we, we have these standards and these high morals, that doesn't mean that we're saved. I hope you know the just shall live by faith. It took faith to hear the gospel. It took faith to say, you know what? I believe what that preacher is saying. I believe what the Bible says. I'm going to repent. I'm going to get in church. I'm going to get yeah. baptized. I'm going to receive the Holy. It takes faith for that. But if we're not careful, we can get in the door and say, man, get rid of these clothes, get rid of these clothes, and let me make sure I do this and do this, and I'm going to be saved. No. God wants us every single day to say, Lord, I need you. I can't make it. I, I can't live. I, I'm trusting you to make every decision. in me that beareth not fruit he taketh away every branch that beareth fruit he purgeth it or he cuts it back that it may bring forth more fruit now you are clean through the word which I have spoken unto you verse 4 abide in me stay in me don't just get in me many people get in Christ but they don't abide in Christ we, we get in Christ initially when we receive the baptism of the Holy Ghost we're grafted in but, but we have to decide, we have to make the decision, are we going to abide in him by faith? He said, abide in me and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself, except it abide in the vine. No more can ye, except ye abide in me. And several times throughout these verses, he reiterates over and over and over again, the necessity for us as Christians to abide in him. And this is my question here today. If this was automatic, if it just happened by itself when you got the Holy Ghost, that you, you didn't even have to be concerned about it at all, why would he over and over and over again remind us? Even in the epistles, and we don't have time to go there, where the apostles would talk about abiding in Christ and staying in Christ and being connected, being linked, being joined together. If it was automatic, just when we received the Holy Ghost, I do not believe that there would be these constant reminders throughout the scripture that we are to abide in him all day every day life is happening all around us and constantly life is assaulting us there are temptations there are trials there are, are storms there are things that, that take place and the, the purpose of these things the motive of these things is to somehow disconnect us 
from our source of life. It's to somehow disconnect us from Christ. Temptations come on this hand and, 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 and test over here. The adversary talks to us in, in our flesh. Amen. That, that no good corrupt flesh that is on the inside of all of us is talking and, and saying, hey, wouldn't you like to do this? And what about this? And what about that? And all of these things are designed to draw us out of Christ who is our source. And how many times are these things successful? And we feel comfortable just because we have the Holy Ghost. And we feel comfortable just because there are a few things that I don't do. And Christ and Christ is looking at us and Christ is saying, hey, hey, it's, it's not the action or the deed that determines whether or not it's sin. It's the source that it comes from. If it did not come from Christ, it's sin. Doesn't matter if you have the Holy Ghost. If it's coming from Adam, if you're living from Adam, if you're living from that old nature and you're manifesting things that are not from Christ. We pat ourselves on the back and say, well, I didn't curse him out. They made me so mad, but I didn't curse. <laughs> really? Yeah, I, I, I gave them a piece of my mind. I let them have it. Did you now? And you feel justified because you didn't curse. And, and God is saying, but what source did that come from? What source did that come from? Because I want you to live for me. I, I didn't give you the Holy Ghost just for you to shout and dance on Sunday nights and kick up your heels. I gave you the Holy Ghost as a source of life to live from from this point forward. I don't know about you, but I'm not interested in, in trying to fake you out and make you think that I'm some spiritual guru. I'm not interested in people thinking highly of me. I want to be pleasing to God. I want to hear Jesus say, well done. Here's a man that allowed me to have my way in his life. Here's an individual that surrendered himself without reservation. We can dress up and we can look Pentecostal and apostolic all we want to, and we should. But how many of us does God really own? How many of us have really let go of the reins and said, God, you're in charge? And as Jesus said, not my will, but thine be done. That's the place that I desire to be as a Christian. Where Christ is living in me. He's ruling in me. He's reigning in me every single day. As I learn to live by faith. This is a learning process. You may be seated. I'm not going to be much longer. This is a learning process. You don't get something like this overnight. You don't just read this and say, well, got that now. I'm good to go. No, it, you, you learn through trial and error. But as you go, you, you begin to, to realize that things that used to bother me, things that used to successfully detach me from Christ, now they can't do it anymore. And, and, and the adversary, he, he's, the Bible talks about how wise the adversary is and summed up the seal of wisdom. His, his knowledge and his wisdom has not been taken from him. It is just perverted. And now he's using his wisdom against God's people. Uh, you know, he, he, he watches and, and he knows what buttons to push. And for some of us, some of us, boy, I'll tell you what. We, we, can, we, we fall in the same trap. Same text. The right button is pushed and bam, right back where we started. What God wants us to do is to learn. And say, hey, I 
fell right there today, but I'm not falling there anymore. And it's not because I'm going to try harder next time. It's not because I'm going to use my will and next time I'm going to do my best and I'm going to, I'm going to get it done. Your best, my best, will never be good enough. If Christ is not doing it, by our faith, by our trust and dependence upon him, we're going to meet with failure every time. In fact, the only thing worse than failing in the flesh is being successful in the flesh. Look at Abraham and Sarah. He's an old man. He's a very old man. God said, I'm going to bless you. I'm going to give you a child. So and so forth. And he didn't see how this could happen because not only is he old, but his wife is old. And so he said, man, we're going to have to help God out here. <laughs> and that's where we all get in trouble when we try to help God out. And he listened to his wife. He goes in. Some of you are laughing right there. She bailed him out a few times. That time she messed him up. Listen to his wife and he goes into to, to Hagar. And this was this was a, a super deal. This was amazing. It was amazing that he was able to be with Hagar and she bring forth the son. As old as he was, it was super. But it wasn't supernatural. Because he did it himself. And God never acknowledged Ishmael. He said, take your son, your only son, Isaac. You know why? Because Christ does not accept, God does not accept what comes from Adam. The only thing he accepts is what comes from him. We can do a whole lot in ourselves. We can do some good things in ourselves. But God can't accept it if he's not the source. He can accept it if we're not doing it by faith. There's so much more I could say here today. I don't want to prolong this. In fact, musicians come up. I'm going to get ready to close here. Also, in these verses in St. John chapter 15, the, the message is clear. The key to the Christian life is not in how much we do, how much we try. The key to the Christian life is learning through trial and error. How to abide in Christ. How to stay linked to him. How to stay connected to him. When things come and try to pull us away. How to abide by faith. How to rest in him. If you're working. And you're trying. And you're struggling. As a child of God. That is a clear sign. That you don't understand what the key is. To living for God. The key is to rest in him. To trust him. To let him have his way. To have faith and say God. My life is in your hands. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. As you stand to your feet here this morning, the purpose to abiding in Christ, he said in verse number eight, herein is my Father glorified that ye bear much fruit. The key to the Christian life is abiding in Christ. And the purpose in abiding in Christ is to bear 
much fruit. So shall you be my disciples. The initial evidence that we have received the Holy Ghost and that Christ has come on the inside is when a person speaks in other tongues that the Spirit gives the utterance. But after that, the evidence that you and I are truly Christians, the evidence that you and I have Christ living on the inside of us is not based upon how much we speak in tongues. It's the fruit that we bear. It's the fruit that we bear. Book of Galatians, chapter 5, verse 22. But the fruit of the Spirit, capital S, the evidence of the Spirit, the proof of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, gentleness, goodness, faith, meekness, temperance. Against such, there is no law. He's looking for fruit. He's looking for fruit. We can have a whole lot of leaves on the branches like that fig tree and be absent of fruit. This is not just for super Christians. This is the purpose of the Holy Ghost. It's for us to abide in him. And when you abide in him, there's going to be fruit. There's going to be evidence. Lift your hands and let's worship the Lord here today. Come on, let's magnify the Lord. Four brothers failed saints, would you lift your hands right now and say, God, I want to receive your word. Come on, folks, let's not rush through this. We've heard the word of the Lord, tremendous word of the Lord. Lift up your hands, close your eyes, forget about your neighbor for a moment and say, God, plant.